Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and today we have a beautifully inspiring conversation with a woman named Sharice Bizram. And I can't even tell you, it seemed like the hour wasn't enough for all that she had to share. Sharice is a dancer and she has traveled the world. She has performed globally. She also um, performed in a Marvel movie called The Eternals. Um, She has done phenomenal work as a dancer. However, she has combined her love of dance with the powerful healing tools that help us come into these paths of self-realization. And she's doing a lot of uh, phenomenal work to support young women, um, although her work extends through all ages. But you will see how taking the time to pause, even during the time in the pandemic, what it helped her to realize about herself and how this moment of self-realization really changed um, not only her, her path, but redirecting her work in a lot of ways, which again, I'm sure will inspire a lot of you. Her story will resonate with so many of you. Uh, I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. So Sharice can be found on her website, sharicebizram.com. You can also find her on social media at sharice underscore bizram.com. And she has an upcoming class, Prepare or prepare, I'm sorry, permission to shine that starts at the end of this month. So you can learn more about that, but really uh, her conversation, she shared so many bits and nuggets of wisdom that the hour just didn't seem like enough. So I want to thank you, of course, for being here. Um, I know a lot of you are new to the community, so welcome. There are so many episodes in the archives When the podcast first started, it was primarily me, my journey, um, what it is that I experienced through the practices of Reiki, meditation, energy work. And in more recent years, I've had this gorgeous opportunity of interviewing other healers, teachers, practitioners, authors, um, people just sharing their roads and their paths to healing to inspire all of us because I believe that we do learn and grow and exchange and sometimes hearing someone else's story and recognizing ourselves and other people's stories not only validate us but can inspire us in so many ways to keep us uh, in those moments of staying diligent in our practice because some days it can be tough. So I hope that this conversation today does inspire you. I also want to let you know, if you don't know already, I have an app. So there are uh, so many things you can access on the app. You can download it for free. You can download it on the Apple App Store. Or if you have an Android, you can go to Google Play and search for The Energetic Alchemist. So the Energetic Alchemist app is up and live. And you just register for the app, enter your name and your email address, and you have access to free content, including you can watch these interviews of Reiki Radio through the app. You can also join me on Tuesdays for Reiki Radio Roundtable discussions, where we can come together live to talk about your practice, what you thought of the episodes, just whatever it is that you would like to chat about. So you're welcome to join me for those. 
there is a lot of content that will be on the app that is already there to support you in your processes of energetic alchemy, including some little mini videos um, that give you tips. There are guided journeys. There's also the option to do drop-in classes for the upcoming round of the alchemy circle. So there's just so much, but it's just very convenient because it's just one app. <laughs> just download it now and you can um, connect with me and community in some new ways. So that is it for now. I want to thank Sharice again for coming to have this amazing conversation. And I can't wait to hear what you think about all that she shares. So I will see you beauties on the other side. Okay, everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. Today we have the beautiful Sharice Bizram. And Sharice, um, I was telling you just before we started, I'm very excited to hear your story so that we can really learn from all the various ways that people go through their healing paths. So I know that you are a dancer. So I wanted to start with just that. If you could share a little bit about your background and how this has morphed into you wanting to support women in their empowerment. Yeah, okay. I'll start with the dance element and I'll go back. So you might be able to tell I've got an English accent because I'm from England. Um, and um, yeah, so I guess for me, uh, well, a big part of my journey is obviously growing up in England as a person of colour in a predominantly white area. That played a massive part of my healing journey. And I guess... Um, yeah, the dance element really is something so small in the in the grand scheme of my life. And it's so funny because I think, you know, when you're a little girl and you have these ambitions or a little person and you you really want to be something. And I felt like for me, dance was that outlet to to be and express everything that I wanted to be and just let my soul sing. And I feel like that's such an important part of my healing journey, actually, because, you know, my home life was quite repressive and also my... um outer world was repressive as well in terms of like how society saw me um, and then like yeah childhood experiences dance was my safe space and I just got to really flourish and let that beautiful light inside of me shine out when I got to move and it was just yeah wonderful but equally the dance industry did have limitations in itself you know in terms of like requirements for height and you know body shapes and even ethnicity at the time that I graduated that was still an issue for me. So I feel like my whole life, there's been a lot of um, limitations and walls that I've had to overcome and move through. But yeah, dance is, you know, I actually would say that dance showed me like discipline and consistency, which are also really massive parts of the healing journey. So I do think there's so much correlation there, as well as the fact that obviously I got to release those endorphins, those feel good hormones that yeah and escapism you know just to escape yeah. for like a little while and get away from like the everyday mundane painful experiences that I was having really and um yeah it's funny because I feel like being a dancer and a, and a dance teacher I never wanted to teach dance that was never in my reality I was like no I'm gonna do the big sh big shows the big stage things and I, you know I did that but the teaching element gave me this something else and I feel like this was really my gift is like you know, being able to connect with people, for me, I was so unaware that that was a thing. Like when we're training as a dancer, you think that, um, you know, 
teachers are the ones that didn't make it that's what you always think and it's really judgmental but I think I don't know dance school must leave, leave you with that sort of taste in your mouth but there's so much beauty and space in that connection with people that I didn't realize that was my gift like being a people person so I got to like you know share my passion of dance as well as just naturally doing this confidence building thing and like almost mentoring um my students and like getting the best out of them because I think really and truly I just um I guess in in the, the younger generation especially I always see like a little bit of myself in in them you know like what they needed more and you know like giving them that little bit and actually it was really lovely that um that year of the pandemic I had a couple of my students graduate and like leave to go to wherever they were doing after and the parents came up to me and was like you've given my my child so much more than just dance and I can't thank you enough and like that was the real revelation for me that I was like wow I've got a gift for this somewhere and then really that ties back into the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing and it's you know if I go back to the kind of the start of my life it will kind of make sense if that's okay yeah yeah of so um yeah as I said growing up in in Kent in England very predominantly white area and I'm a person of color so yeah obviously lots of racism things like that but then also in my internal household I it was very volatile um one of my parents was an addict an alcoholic so it was just um yeah tough and I think when you have a parent that's an addict and then they they're not working steadily they're losing their job the other parent then has to take the reign of you know doing all the work being out so I had both parents that were emotionally unavailable for different reasons and then because um they weren't there to be parents I then kind of stepped up into that role of like being head of the household um you know looking out for everyone and then unfortunately you know when those aggressive spurts kicked in I was obviously the first person to be you know protector and it was just I kind of I don't want to sound robbed of my childhood because I feel like that's a very um judgmental thing to say but I just feel like when I look back the only times of I have little moments of play and little moments of elements but I now look back with so much compassion and realize I had so much responsibility on my shoulders for such a young age and it was so funny because the rest of my family would even like see me as this older role and it's funny even now everyone always says to me oh you're such an old soul and I'm like it's trauma guys it's trauma <laughs> that's what it is um but yes yeah, so that kind of that was the start of I guess where everything came from in armoring up so I just became very um toxic masculine and I think because that was missing from my household I then fit into that that role and then I just wouldn't take no for an answer you know like I was just in that space where I was like I'm gonna get what I want out of life and it's really funny because I remember um you know my other emotional my emotionally unavailable parent she um was just um like just she just took it you know like she took all of the the abuse and and things like that and I just remember being at six years old saying to myself I would never let anyone talk to me like that or treat me like that and that was really the start of the armoring up process and then unfortunately throughout so this has obviously been my journey that was my life as I've gotten older but then when I got to my teens between the ages of 12 to 17 I had 11 members of my family die um just for different reasons you know it wasn't planned but obviously you know when you're a person of color you have lots of relatives it's just the way it is isn't it (laughs) and um I um yeah it was hard but every funeral I went to I just again became number and number and number armoring up layering up layering up and you know the worst thing people say is um 
being strong for your family. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll be strong. Another layer of armor goes on to the point where now as an adult, I've probably been to about 25 to 30 funerals. And I, I feel like prior to my healing journey, I probably cried at about five of them. That That's it. You know, like I, I was so emotionally numb and unavailable. Um, yeah, so it was just, yeah, difficult because then obviously I'm armoring up because of my childhood experiences, because of racism as well. And, you know, a really um, important fact about that is I would never say I've been bullied. I've not been bullied in my time at all because that toxic masculine protected me. You know, that that energy of feeling like I, I just don't like bullying full stop, though. You know, like anyone that says anything out of line, I don't even have to know the person and I'll be like, don't say that because that's just who I am as a person. And um, yeah, in times where I ever had been called names or things like that, I would just stop it in its track. So for me, I just feel like I'm thinking about the next person in line. Like if it stops with me, then that person will know and think twice about saying anything again about anyone else in that way. Also, mm-hmm. it's educating people and things like that, which, you know, isn't our responsibility. But equally, if we don't play our part in trying to make the change, then it just keeps repeating the same pattern, which is something I've never wanted to do, even at that young age. So yeah, just kind of, and it's really funny because my aunt is a foster carer and this is kind of the the pinnacle of where my healing journey started was she basically said to me that, you know, my whole life I've been, had to be and like made myself be strong physically and mentally to the point where my armour was up and my walls were up so high that I didn't let anything in. And then unfortunately when you're not letting anything in, you're not letting anything out either. So you can bust, right? And um, yeah, so if I go back a little bit further, so then obviously I've gone through all the death, all the childhood trauma, I get into the dance industry and it's tough, you know, again, there's extra layers of why I'm not good enough. And, you know, I, I always say that I'd never fit into a box. There was never a thing that I could just be, you know, um, even like my ethnicity, um, my family are from Guyana in South America. So as you'll know, everyone looks completely different from there. And um that, that again there's not quite a set box for that in especially in England and Kent it's a very limited number of us that are uh, there you know and if you're from the Caribbean I think you kind of you understand that people are all different they look different but when you're not you have no idea but um yeah I guess even my dance style the way I move I'm very much my own person and I always have been and that's um really now I use that that's my like that's my gold dust moment there is that my my favorite thing that I say always is you are the only you there is and that's your superpower because really that's that was the making of me and that's that alchemizing moment for me is knowing that everything I've been through in my life has led me to this point where I can now transmute that pain that I went through into the power to lead me into helping others and yeah so I guess all of this build up of my life got me to that point where I was started then to do the work, started to unpack all this stuff and like surface level, you know, I came across the secrets, started doing all of those bits. And then, um, yeah, the pandemic hit. And that was the point where I think my whole life was like, whoa. And I I don't know if anyone's into astrology, but I um, had my Saturn return in the same sort of phase. And that's all about kind of, you know, readjusting and all, all of that, like your whole life kind of <laughs> is faced in front of you and you're like kind of have to deal with it. And it was, because we had the time and the space, you know, again, that toxic masculine energy. I was going at 100 miles an hour doing everything. I'd do four or five jobs in one day. I'd be absolutely shattered in pure burnout. And um, yeah, I just it all got on top of me. The pandemic hit and I was like, right, I've got to do the deep dive now. So 
I started to accumulate well I guess I'd always had these little tools and practices like journaling I dabbled in meditation and you know obviously dance and movement was a massive part of my life yoga things like that that I really enjoyed and then yeah when I had to do the deep dive it was that real um yeah it was the dark night of the soul when I'd everything finally clicked and I was like oh my god and I think it was because I did my master's in that time because obviously nothing was going on I was like right what else can I do I was planning to move to America the pandemic hit I couldn't do that anymore and then when I thought about it I was like do I actually want to go to America or was that my dream 10 years ago and now I've evolved you know so it was all of these questions I was like why how what am I doing who am I you know what I mean it was all of those moments that came into play and yeah I guess I am um, just went back to like what am I good at and what do I love and it's connecting with people but then doing that research in the masters I found that um dance has been used for interventions for like lots of different types of people and especially people that have been through trauma now when I started to do that research I was like hold on a minute that sounds really familiar what they went through what they hold on a minute I was like this is they had that severity that I was like whoa and it was all these like light bulb moments are coming up so I don't know if you've heard of ACEs. I don't know if you have that, but um, it's basically adverse childhood experiences and it's a test. So I filled in the test and I scored eight out of 10 and I was like, oh, okay, right. So this is this is trauma gate. This is, this is where we're at. This is like all my whole life has now made sense to me and it's come down like a ton of bricks and I'm like, I can't believe I went through that as a child. And, you know, like I speak to my parent about it now. We have a really lovely relationship, but a lot of, a lot of my healing they've mirrored too you know like they've they've grown with me which has been really beautiful and we acknowledge that that wasn't the reality that that, at that time but yeah it's just been I guess the pandemic yeah hit me hard but in a really beautiful way I like to say I broke open you know like everything around me just crumbled and I realized that all of the character traits that I was carrying out you know my self-awareness became so deep that I was aware that how like you know sometimes people would call me aggressive and I, I would use the whole oh what because I'm a person of color and I'm a woman that I'm aggressive you know if this was a man would imagine you know I'd throw that card in but actually when I looked at my life I was like no I, I am a little bit yeah I am a little bit aggressive so I had to really take off these layers you know of like and, and the deep healing work and the meditation the breath work and something shifted in my whole body the very first time I did breath work and um I'd had IBS for like a really long period of my life obviously it's trauma related and I never knew that and um, I did this real deep childhood healing, uh, shadow work, um, breath work day thing. And I just remember coming out of it feeling so light and my IBS just stopped. I just didn't have it from that point on. So whatever was trapped in my body, I let it out. And I was like, whoa, this is how it's meant to feel to be human. I didn't realise I'd had this pain in my stomach my whole life that I'd just been holding on to. And um. And, and you know, also, I would say is that I've lived in constant fight mode. You know, like I was in survival mode for so long that I was always ready to fight and hyper vigilant, like always looking around every room I walked into. I was like, is there a, um, a, a potential danger in this room that I have to be aware of? Um, and it's funny now because my friends joke about it now. We still have like a little bit like, oh, Sharice is here. It'll be fine. You know, she'll sort it out. I don't have to be that person anymore. And that's a really beautiful thing for me to be able to share. And I think that's really what led me to the mentor inside of things is like when you have the tools to overcome 
anything in your life you know whatever it is but especially when it's like deep rooted in every part of your being and I fully believe that like I am a cycle breaker in my family lineage like I know that for a fact because there's so many other members of my family that are still living this reality and I've just chosen not to you know even choosing to be a dancer I chose not to follow the pattern that was you know expected of me or whatever and um I know that this is the, the real I guess the the thing that we're all looking for, you know, I wish that everyone knew what I knew and could have what I have in terms of the tools and practices to overcome every obstacle. Because I always say that, you know, life's not linear. We're always going to relive circles of trauma and of pain and of, you know, things are going to get in our way. But once you have the tools to overcome it, you're always going to get through it, but easier each time. And I really feel like I was tested again last year with this you know like I was um you know I experienced I was on a train and someone jumped in front of it so I witnessed a suicide and then I also had a death of like a really close family friend and that was really hard because it kind of triggered me back to old patterns and I was like wow okay now I've got to put my tools that I've used and I teach into practice and really and truly that was the universe showing me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing because coming out of it again it's like I don't want to say I'm stronger, but I'm even more whole. And it's putting these broken pieces together. Like I, I don't know where it is. It's in the Far East, but they um use Japan. like gold. Japan, yeah, exactly. That use the gold to like heal the the pots, and that's exactly you know everything I feel like in my life has just been this alchemy. Because yeah, and you know it's weird because I feel like now I didn't feel the pain of my childhood in my childhood, but now when I get the flashbacks, it's like whoa like that was so hard and I, I really do sympathize with myself because I'm like you know I, I I guess this is why a lot of the work I do is so important because I don't want anyone to go through that and if they do like I want to be able to support them through it and that's why my work is so broad in terms of age ranges because yeah I, I teach workshops to the, the schools and also like the individual mentoring and things like that but I guess it's almost everything I do is like for my younger self or for the self that maybe didn't do the work you know I see myself in those people in those situations um yeah I feel like that's an overall (laughs) no I mean no well you said uh, there's a lot that I'm like oh wow I mean it's really interesting hearing your journey and one of the things that stood out um I think a lot of us can relate to of course is that recognition hindsight of the different roles that we adapt into as children. And a lot of times we don't recognize how those patterns and experiences impact who we're being, you know, present day. So it's really, there are two things with what you said. One, it's interesting how the trauma caused you to put on all of this armor. And while that caused even physical challenges for you with IBS and, you know, Um, not letting anything in or out, it also simultaneously gave you the strength that you needed to get through other challenges in life, which is very interesting. I think a lot of times we don't see that there's also some beauty sometimes in the um, challenges that we go through. But you also mentioned that it was during the pandemic where you were kind of forced into that space mm. of silence to observe. There's so much about your story, Sharice. Wait, I'm like, what, which question do I want to ask you first? <laughs> I, I think one, that experience for you really highlights the importance of us finding quiet spaces 
just to be reflective so that we can get to know ourselves in deeper ways. But I wanted to know now, I mean, with doing the work, the meditation, the breath work, all that you do, even with the teaching that you mentioned, even though something started to crack open and you start connecting the dots of like, wow, this is what I experienced and this is how it impacted me. How did you go through that? Because a lot of people, when the stuff starts coming up, just the realization can be quite challenging. So what was it like for you having those moments of realization and how did you work through those Mm. moments? Yeah, I think um, it's exactly what you said, you know, having that stillness, which is something I never let myself have. And I think a lot of people that have had trauma, they keep themselves busy so they don't have to feel. And that was Mm. something I share a lot because um, that was how I lived my life. And it's, um, yeah, like I said, the pandemic, that stillness, the the being forced to do it. And I guess it was because while I was doing the research like I said I I was in the stillness so there was lots of gaps in between um that made things clear for me but it's a really funny story because I think I was trying to still deal with it in a really toxic masculine way like you know action 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 how can I keep moving through this moving forward I've made it this far I'll be fine you know like that that mentality and it was really funny because one day I think as well what obviously with trauma and stuff and also with the Saturn return and all of these spiritual awakening things um everything around you crumbles as well in your life so friends started to like I started to have rows with friends that I'd had for years and just all of this stuff just came to a blow and like to the point where my friends were questioning in questioning questioning who I am and like what my beliefs are like one of my friends said to me you can't be angry at the world and now that was something I've never been although I've been like traumatized heavily which I'm aware of I've never been angry at the world because it's not the world's fault that I'm the way I am but you know, I guess I had a lot to think about and I was still trying to power through it. And then I just fell down the stairs. Now I've lived, this has been my family home for like 30 years and I fell down the stairs and that is the universe to be like, stop, (laughs) stop doing that. And I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, universe, I'll see you. And I cried for 20 minutes. I cried for 20 minutes nonstop. And it was so funny because my little niece was there and she must have been about three years old at the time and she's never seen me cry and she just didn't know what to do she was really confused she was like oh this is different you know because I've never been that person that's been comfortable showing emotion you know even friends that I'd had for 10 years they'd they'd never seen me cry before and that was a real moment for me was to like that was the breaking open moment that was like why are you trying to hold yourself together who are you trying to prove a point to it's not it's nothing you know what I mean like this idea that strength is pristine and you know held together well held or you know it's even like how we talk about some women you know when we look up to them we're like oh she's really well put together it's like that that's just one part of her and actually I'm sure that she would beg to differ you know if you spoke to that person but yeah my idea of strength was you know ironclad this 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 ball of like yeah just stillness and stiffness and it's rigid and actually when I crack that open and like all of this like stuff start to flow out of it I'm like actually that's where the beauty is because that's what people connect to is that you know if I came in to you know talk to you and I was still fully armored up there'd be nothing to share because I wouldn't be willing to open up and I think that's the whole beauty of all of this stuff and, and the story so I guess it was yeah falling down the stairs opening up to my emotions and then just letting them pour out for however long it needed to be and it was a good you know few weeks few months I would say 
probably I think that happened in the April um so I think probably a whole year a year and a half I just felt I just let myself feel I let myself be aware of everything that was coming up coming forward and then that was when I really got into journaling and I was just finding these outlets you know like mental releases where I could just you know I could also soundboard to people but I found that quite difficult at times because no one else had kind of lived the same type of life as me my my sibling had and my parent but it was different because obviously we all experience things in a different way so doing the journaling was a real safe space for me and I didn't realize I'd always done journaling and and now it was like up in the game a bit so I was finding more prompts I was you know becoming more aware of spirituality which is something that's always been embedded in my life but never quite realized to the extent of you know like I think when you read the secret you have an idea that there's like a higher power but actually connecting to something like that changed my life like knowing that you know everything in my life had to happen the way it did and like you know like all of that stuff was like we're always being divinely led you know whether you're aware of it or not and I think that was a real beautiful beautiful part of my healing was knowing that this is all how it's supposed to be and I had to get to this point and in in the lockdown as well like on the other side of this as I was coming out of it I started to do blogs and that the the reception from the blogs was just so lovely. Now it didn't go like anywhere further than my own community of people that I had, but you know, being able to open up about how I felt allowed other people to open up about how they felt to me. And I was getting random people just message me saying, "I'm thank you for sharing that. I've I've not spoken to anyone about this, and you've encouraged me to open up about this or like be this person." And it was just mind blowing that you know. And, and I think that's a real lesson that I've learned and the work that I'm doing you know is that we are a mirror of our whole universe so you know what we put out to the world will receive back and I think that was all part of this healing process because now it's like if I can share and lead with my vulnerability other people feel safe to do the same and then we normalize it we normalize the fact that actually we're, we're all a little bit broken and it's actually just beautiful you know like we don't have to be this idea of what society in the world wants us to be and even our own limiting beliefs you know like I grew up thinking that I was a like ugly weird fat brown girl that was like my reality of how I thought and saw myself because that was the way you know like my family made jokes about me being fat I was never fat by the way I was just my sister was just really petite and I was just normal size to be honest but if you're told something so many times especially as a kid you believe it then obviously the fact that beauty standards were obviously predominantly white growing up and also in my area um and yeah just feeling different I guess in that respect I wasn't different in terms of well I guess I've always been different in terms of my personality because I'm outspoken but I fit in I had a lot of friends and stuff but my idea in my head that I'd held on to so tightly was that I was this unattractive young girl and I think I got to like 21 and I started to work in um nightclubs doing shots I don't know if you have the shot girls yeah (laughs) that was my first job and actually that was a really beautiful experience because I'd been so caught up in this idea of me being ugly that it's actually other girls coming up to me saying oh my god I love your hair or you're so beautiful and I'd be like what and then I'd go home and be like these people like people I don't know if they're really drunk or what and then it was only when I started to actually allow myself to receive the compliment that I again undid another layer of like feeling and like 
beautiful allowing myself to feel beautiful and you know beauty isn't about what's on the outside it is the inside and that's something I've always had it's like a really nice soul I would say is that you know I'd go above and beyond for people but equally that's a boundary game you know like I became a people pleaser because I was aware that I could sometimes come across aggressive so I was like okay so how do I then fix this situation if I've offended someone but what I know now is that you know my well what I say is that offense is always taken it's never given do you know what I mean so um yeah it's just deeper understanding of ourselves I think that's a real critical point of life and I think that's the good stuff that's that that good juice you know like if everyone drank that it's that that self-awareness if we're so aware of our flaws and also our greatness we can move through life in such a powerful and flow state you know mm-hmm. I think um when we're trying to mold ourselves to be what we think we should be that's where we get caught up in like um that anxiety that feeling less than adopting those limited beliefs all of these things but you know I think in order to get to that place where you are self-aware, you are in line with who you want to be and all that stuff, you have to do the work. And I think that's the thing that kind of holds people back. It's like, one, how do I do the work? And two, am I willing and dedicated to doing it? But I promise you, like I say to everyone, you know, that uphill climb, that uphill climb to get to, you know, that point where you're in that healing zone and you know that healing is always continuous but when you get through the trauma through the limit of beliefs all of that stuff and you stand on the top of that peak the view from the top is so worth it and I just want everyone to be in that space you know regardless of how much trauma they've experienced it's like we all deserve to just see life in a really beautiful way and it's like I was almost like looking for flaws in everything whereas my whole mindset's so different now I'm like you know what 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 great thing can happen to me today I'm like thank you universe for showing me how easy my life gets to be you know I'm saying (laughs) these things and you know affirmations has been a massive part of my life I've really and truly retrained my whole subconscious mind to the point where like I was saying things and not really believing them you know like you do it you're like Mm -hmm. oh yeah I'm brave I'm strong I'm enough (laughs) I'm beautiful all these things and then one day I just woke up in the middle of the night and I was saying it in my sleep and I was like it was at that point where I realized I'd made a massive shift and then now I believe it I look at myself in the mirror like (laughs) whenever I can and I tell myself all of my affirmations and it's crazy it's woo woo but I tell you what it works you know all of this stuff is just like you know we hear about it and we're like what but doing it doing the work is the best thing you will ever do for your whole life like hands down I can't tell anyone enough that the weight that I was carrying in my life that that heavy armor and like you have to imagine it as you know this metal armor that you're carrying around in everything you do when you take it off there's like oh it's like a release and it's like yeah you can flow from that state you can't flow if you're if you're still being weighed down by the armor that you're carrying sorry I went off on the tangent yeah no it's okay (laughs) no it just struck me um this this you this theme of you coming back to taking off the armor but a few things you said again I mean I I like and I hope that people catch with so much that you share in your story you had experiences of being very uncomfortable but you would do whatever it is that was needed for you anyway so for example like you know crying when you fell down the stairs, that can be very hard, especially when you're used to suppressing your feelings, but you allowed it anyway. Mm. And um, just allowing that movement. But also at the start of the story, you mentioned how um, all of the restrictions or um, 
guidelines that were put in place around dance with, you know, the, the race, the height, the weight, the, this, the, that, but you still did it anyway, you know? So I, I love that all woven throughout your story is there's a lot of opposition, a lot of challenge, a lot of story even, but you did whatever it was you felt called to do. You did it anyway. And I also like with what you're sharing, it reminds us that looking at ourselves, because I think a lot of people have a challenge with seeing that they're wrong, seeing the flaws, mm. you know, the self-criticism that will arise if I look in the mirror and then I have to take accountability or ownership. But you also see that it's not all wrong. Like you, again, with your story, it's like, yeah, you know, I had this story or I had this encounter or I experienced this, but here's the gold. So I think you have a beautiful way of acknowledging the truth of what was painful or challenging, but also seeing how it helped to refine you and shape exactly who you are in the process of it all. But the other thing um, with the accepting the story, because even you saying how when you're young, you accepted these projections of who you were, what you look like, and then here, then you start getting into this self-awareness practices and using mantra to simply just change the story. And I think that's a really powerful message too, because I don't think we always consciously acknowledge how much we're just accepting stories, the stories of other people, the stories we make up and those moments where you recognize like, oh, I could actually change the story. Like I could just mm -hmm. see it in another way. But I, I wanna back up even more to what you shared in the beginning because you do phenomenal work now. So like, just so people listening know, now at this point in your life, you have traveled the world performing, you even you know did dancing in a Marvel movie, like you've created this um, beautiful career that started as just an outlet and an escape mm -hmm. for you. So I wanted to know with that as well, with your story, and then you've already allowed yourself to become this phenomenal dancer and then you start merging the two so could you talk a little bit about how you have taken what you've gone through combined with dance and then turned this into a way to help empower even young women the programs that you do um, to support young women but even the personal one-on-one -on -one work and classes that you offer thank you yeah I am um... I guess because for me, like dance has played such a shaping role in my life that I just felt like there was more to it than what people are aware of, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, and thank you for acknowledging, you know, my determination to get through. And I definitely would say that that's the masculine energy in my body that's been there, you know, and, and I thank I thank it because I went through a real stage of trying to eradicate it. But again, we have to realise that we're all things, aren't we? You know, there's polarity yeah. in everything we are. And I think that's really lovely that you highlight that. So thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I just love, I love dance and I love what it gave me, you know, that, and I believe, you know, in my, the way I practice and what I teach is that in order to really release, you know, the anxiety, the depression, the feelings that we have, we need a mental outlet and a physical outlet. So I guess in my programmes, it is, using dance as that physical outlet and making it the embodiment of everything we're trying to learn in terms of self-love self-worth boundaries things like that can be physically carried out you know like we can actually physically express a boundary 
in dance motion and also self-love you know like when you're dancing no matter how what your ability is there the endorphins that release it's like that is that connection and like your connection to your mind body soul like it's it's all in there you know like intertwined without even realizing and I think sometimes if you just went to a dance class that was just dance you would just you'd walk out of it and feel good and you'd be like that was nice I might learn five six seven eight you know that was lovely but in everything that I do I really connect to how it feels and I think that's the most important thing you know like my, my classes that I teach now um so I'm kind of sifting a little bit out of the dance industry but dance is now a tool that I use more than anything but I still have um I teach at Pineapple Dance Studios in London and they do online classes you can always connect online if anyone is watching in the US um but I yeah I, I it's all about how it makes you feel what does that movement make you feel like what's the song make you feel like I'm really intentional about the songs that I use and you know what I'm trying to get out of it and I think that's the combination of like my healing journey to the use of dance as well not only does it feel make you feel good on a very surface level but deep within as well and if you're aware of that deep healing that you're doing while you're dancing I think that's a really beautiful space so yeah I guess I've just combined like the tools that have helped me through my healing process which is again the meditation the journaling the self-awareness all of these things and I've broken them down into like steps that are understandable but then we're also embodying them and that's the dance element you know so it's that mental release and also that physical release and it's a full circle and it's a harmony of like just a beautiful experience you know like I am I've I've actually made my own journal that is um you can like you can buy it you know my my journal is um empowerment journal and it's breaking down all of these concepts you know like like I said, the self-worth, self-acceptance, self-compassion, all of these things. And then I teach this in a workshop format. So I get to um, deliver workshops in schools and, and workplaces where, again, I can use dance and I could also not use dance because without dance, it's all about the connection to people. You know, like if um, if I'm teaching this in a, in a wider setting and I'm not using dance, it's about like, how do we break this down that's easy to understand but also what are we comfortable to share with each other? Because again, like I said earlier, you know, that mirror of who we are, when we create a safe space, especially in a school setting or a workplace setting, when you know the people that you're working with inside out, there's just so much more trust, there's so much more safety, there's so much more beauty that can be made from these spaces, you know, and I think that's a really important thing about sharing because I didn't have that freedom to do that at the time when I was healing. And I think that's a really massive thing that, um, you know, my soul called for, but, being in different settings my whole life different dance groups things like that I'd always had a little inkling of it like a little tiny like drip feed of like these different groups where I got to outlet just a tiny bit each place so whether I can create that on a grand scale for people it's just going to help them speed up this journey and this healing so yeah I have the workshops I take into places like that and I also do the one-to-one sessions with people and that is a deeper dive you know like but it's exactly the same content. You know, I just format it in a different way. You know, the same thing. Like we are doing, we're going through a journey. And I think this is what's really important for me about my self-love and empowerment practices that I teach and I call myself is that I'm taking the participants on a journey of self-discovery. Now, that's something, you know, like I think when we hear self-love and empowerment, we think very surface level of like the shiny stuff, the like cherry on top of the cake. Whereas my work is in the underneath. It's like... How do we unlearn, unpack and do all of these stripping back things? You know, like how do we get to that 
little core and I always say that that core of us is like a little light that flickers and it and it burns really bright but we cover it up with everything we've learned our experiences the hard stuff you know all it all caves in over this light to the point where the light's only just a tiny tiny little flicker but it's always burning then when we take all the layers off the light gets to be amplified and then we can build a solid foundation underneath the light to lift it up to the really real top of the surface so then that light can shine out so brightly and I think um that's one of the reasons why I've called my program. I've got a six-week program coming out that's for women, and it's um, open for women sixteen and up because I feel like sixteen and up is a really beautiful time where we become aware of ourselves and we've been through the schooling system. So we might be aware that we've adopted patterns and things that we're not really okay with. We're also stepping into full womanhood, you know. But also, you know, for women that are wherever, however you are at in your life, it's just someone that's ready to do this work. And I've called it permission to shine because it is that. Are you giving yourself the permission to really shine, to do that inner work and to come out on the other side? And, you know, like my program isn't for people that are like um, not willing, you know, like you've got to be willing to do the deep dive. And it is in a group setting as well. So that's even more beautiful. Again, this safe space, this sister circle that we're going to create is like all about healing and healing together. And it's like, you know like these little lights that get together it's you know like when when you when it's like a concert you know and everyone holds their phones up and then the <laughs> whole arena shines so brightly that's really my intention for this is just to give women this space and it, this program in particular is for women because I've only ever been a woman I can't really share on a different uh, avenue yet in that respect because I've not been there whereas a lot of the talks that I do I do empower men to empower women and things like that so I do connect with men and in the workplaces and in schools and doing things with boys as well but this particular program is aimed at women especially because I just feel like yeah it's kind of my whole life in in an expressive format Um, and I'm going to use movement as well within that but it's very much focused on the healing element of yeah doing the dive and I think um, my one-to-one clients especially it was all about that deep inner work and I just think that you know with self-love it's almost like people don't see that as it they think it's this like little thing of like just doing the affirmations and having a bath and face masks you know they don't think it's yeah. like the inner work but yeah I, I guess it's that thing I, I made a comment about it the other day it's like if you've spent that like a couple of hundred pounds on a pair of shoes but you feel crap about yourself you're gonna regret buying them shoes right so it's almost like you have to invest the money in yourself do the work uncover everything because when you love yourself fully and you feel beautiful, you feel empowered, you feel all of the things you deserve to feel about yourself, like you are the main character energy, you know, again, rewriting that story. That's exactly what we're doing. And that's one of the things I like to say is, you know, we're we're now using that story that we've had. We're unpacking it. We're getting to the root of it and understanding why it had to happen the way it did. And now we take the pen and we rewrite the rest. Then it doesn't matter what shoes you wear. You could wear, you know, a two pound pair of shoes and still feel like an absolute incredible person you know like you're not defined by your exterior and that's right. really my the pinnacle of my work is it's in the inner work it's it's the inside out so how can we shine and love ourselves from the inside that amplifies outwardly onto the rest of the world and it's that beautiful again mirror where when you're shining really bright it gives permission to other people to do the same thing so yeah that's the gist of it all. no that's really really beautiful and um yeah it's you know, this is why I'm so glad that we have this conversation so that people listening could just hear the various ways that people are doing this work. Because, you know, a lot of the work that I've done has been very focused on energy work, very specific techniques, meditation, and 
yes, journaling and these things as well. But it's so amazing to hear all the different ways that we can come in to the Mm. same space. But I also, um, it's fascinating to hear that you're able to bring this work into schools. I think uh, these younger generations are so fortunate that they have access to this type Mm. of training and um, uh, people coming in to facilitate this type of work now. Because I think, man, when I was growing up, that would have been amazing to have. So it's really beautiful that you are taking the time and making the effort to share this with young women. So I have to ask you though, Sharice, about your class. So one, can people take the course online, the permission to shine? Yes. And then also with dance. Now, the dance portion of your class, is it free form or are you teaching us how to move? Are there certain movements that help with expressing different parts or how does that work? Yeah, so with the program Permission to Shine, it's six weeks and it's online. So it's going to be an hour and a half online and um, you'll get access to the membership, members portals. You get to, you know, connect with each other. Um, But yeah, so it's going to be formatted. So um, each participant will get my journal um, and they'll have prompts to do. And we'll just unpack lots of different things, you know, in the session we'll share. We'll also do some individual work. But then in in Permission to Shine, it's going to be free movements. It's all, all going to be about you know putting on your favorite song moving around or we're going to be shifting and releasing some some tension so it's going to be the combination of like you know are we connecting to love in this element you know that self-love self-worth or are we shifting that bad energy that stagnant energy and there'll be that that's how dance will be combined in that setting but obviously if people just want to dance with me um the classes like i said at, at part of a dance you guys online are available to just come and dance like learn choreography or whatever but yeah, in, in my program, it's very much shaped around how it's going to help us, um, yeah, release the things we don't want and encourage the things we do to come into our, yeah, into our being. Yeah. And what type of dance do you teach and perform now? Because in the beginning, um, with what you were saying around the very structured formatting of your dance, what type of dance did you begin with? And now what do you... Yeah, so I've um I trained in the classical styles of dance, but I also that was never really my I never really felt very seen in that space. It was kind of just for discipline and like you know just to get your body moving. But then when I found street dance, I was like, wow, this is my thing. And that was in my teenage years, and that was when I really connected to dance as a whole. Was when I um yeah yeah did street dance, and so I I came away from street dancing when I was studying just because there wasn't many available options in terms of training for street dance back then. So I kind of, yeah, went back into that more classical, like musical theatre style stuff. And I did actually spend a few years trying to get work in musical theatre. And it just wasn't, I wasn't the right dancer for it at that time. And like cruise ships, I was too short, all these things. So when I went back to street dance, that was when all of the doors started to open up for me. So um, now I'm, I would say more commercial, which is a bit more of a combination of modern styles of dancing. So there's an element of like dance hall in there and like, you know, all of these different kind of sambury vibes and everything's kind of a bit more versatile. So world dance styles is definitely something that I do as well. I also do heels. So dancing in high heels, like it's kind of a bit, it's, it's, it's a technique in itself, you know. Um, and it's, and that that really opened up so much for me because prior to doing heels, dancing heels 
I was so hip hop, you know, everything mm. was so hip hop for me. I trainers only, like I didn't really know how to connect with my body. So dancing in heels has really opened up my divine feminine energy a hundred percent. And now when I teach that, it's um yeah, just a really sp- beautiful space. And I actually have a class called Sexy R and B, but I've it wasn't the name that I would have chosen for the class. But what I always say to everyone as they come in is like, this class is for um I'm I'm like sort of renaming the word sexy and I'm taking it back. It's like sexy is whatever you want it to be for you. And it's all about connecting to your body, feeling safe and also feeling sensual. Like you can just tap into that because you're allowed to, you know. But um yeah, and, and those classes are for um like just the dance classes are for everyone. So male and female and the first class, the commercial one, is for six uh, for everyone, and then the sexy R and B sixteen and up, just to keep it obviously, um, yeah, like a bit more. Oh, uh, you know, I don't want younger people doing that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, they yeah, can if yeah. they want to, but I'm not under my rule. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, do that in your own time. <laughs> um, but yeah, even even the school stuff, that's very much um, like mixed. So that's boys and girls, and I right. use street dance and commercial within that because I feel like um. Yeah, you it's kind of utilizing that dance element that I've had the experience in. It's like nice for them to do something that's familiar, you know, like especially um like I use artists like Lizzo, you know, like um uh what's it, Juice, because that's such a, a like a feel-good song and they all know it and they all love it. And it's just like choreography that can be used for all, all genders, you know. Yeah. Um so that's like, yeah, the, I guess the beauty of the dance element that's like fed fed into my work. Well, I have to ask you too, I mean you've I'm very Thank you for sharing all that you've shared, but I also, it speaks to what you said a while ago that you really, in your work, you lead with vulnerability and you have such an amazing story. I can't believe our time is almost up, but I have to ask you this um, as we're wrapping up, because you mentioned in your childhood, how you had to, um, well, because of experience, you, you know, you got into this masculine um, toxic masculine energy but then there was also this aspect of the masculine that drove you and kept you determined and helped you move forward but then now you're also mentioning how certain aspects of dance kind of crack open and help you connect to that feminine energy as well so with all the work that you're doing and the different aspects of yourself that you're now seeing and embracing and which parts you're transforming I have to ask since you started all of this, what would you say has been the most significant change? Not just in, well, yeah, in you as a person, but how that change in you has impacted your overall life and your journey? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I guess. Oh, that's hard. I think it would be that. I was forcing every element of my life, like forcing to to get through, like I was in survival, like trying to to get to where I thought that I needed to be. I guess maybe to be respected, to be seen, to be heard, you know, like my whole life leading up to, you know, being a dancer, all of that, like I said, you know, all the no's, all the setbacks, it was like I was determined to win regardless of what that took. And each time it was taking a bit of me, you know, like it, that that sacrifice, that, that disconnect from my intrinsic soul purpose you know and I I was just pushing against everything to just get there and then you know like when I started to kind of be aware of myself I was kind of trying to tread a little bit more carefully but still in that same direction um and then obviously the pandemic just made me stop in my tracks and I guess 
I realized that everything I was doing was I wouldn't say surface level but it was for the wrong reason almost you know it's for validation and it's because I didn't work I wouldn't feel worthy in myself so the minute that I became became more aware of myself and I built myself worth everything I did from that point on was led from muscle's purpose you know like that that connection to who I really am and I, I guess I would say that everything just felt lighter from from that point on you know like I, I don't feel any resistance anymore I don't, well I, I won't say any I feel so much less you know like let's say I lived at a 10 I, I'm now you know occasionally I go maybe from a one to a two at, at times but I can pull myself up on it you know like I'm no longer in burnout um I guess my whole understanding of life changed because I just stopped forcing the things that weren't meant for me and I just start to flow into the things that were and um and that does take that knowing of self I think if you don't know yourself and you don't know what you really want who you truly are and all of these beautiful things if you don't know that you won't be able to move forward in the direction that you need to go in and I think that's a really powerful point and and again the very most yeah that is it that that's the the middle point you know it's like if you know who you are and where you want to go everything around you will gravitate and 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 align to you in this soul's path and you won't have to force anything and I think that's been my real lesson um because I know when things are right because they feel easier and everything starts to flow in the right direction it's like ah uh, yeah there we go that's the reminder that I, I don't need to do that anymore you know and, and we're human you know that's a really big part of everything I've learned as well is that we're going to dip we're going to have down days still we're not going to be like soaring high every day and it's acknowledging the fact that again once you have the tools to get through anything you just take it for what it is and and yeah I would say everything just feels easier and lighter and I feel free and I think that's it I think I was shackled to the armor in inside like my insides were shackled by the armor and now I've kind of broken that open it's like freedom just feels peaceful and um I never had inner peace before like never I was so in turmoil and you know didn't want to express my emotions and I was emotionally unavailable so then I was gravitating to emotionally unavailable people and you know like all of this cycle and now I've kind of like broken that open you know the awareness has grown yeah I just know that everything is working out as it should in a really soft way and I think that's the the, the thing that I would say I've learned more than anything is softness Sharice, you framed that so beautifully. I mean, I think um, especially just, and I hope people really caught that, that whole idea of we have to know ourselves in order to be able to flow in the right direction. But it also takes that working towards the freeing ourselves of the old story, shackled armor, misidentification, all of the things. And it does take work, but from what you've shared, hopefully people really can feel how beautiful that journey is, even though it can be tough. And you're going to have those days where you feel like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) Like, I'm losing my mind. No, but on the other side of it, I mean, there's just so much beauty that starts to emerge. And again, I think you did a beautiful job of um, really expressing that. But one of the things that you also just shared um, that I think is a great reminder is slowing down doesn't mean that we're not putting in effort or it doesn't mean that we're not, Mm. you know, working towards our goals just because we take these moments to really tune in or slow down or 
readjust ourselves so that we can get back into the right flow. I can't thank you enough for everything that you shared today, my love. I'm so glad that we got the chance to meet. So Sharice, if you could please let everyone know your website, how to find you on social media, what's the best ways to connect with you? Yeah, no, thank you so much. And what I'll just say to round that off is that, you know, when you're not in flow, you're swimming against the current. Whereas if you just stop swimming, sometimes the current will take you where you need to be. So that's like a nice way to round that off. Um, yes, I am. So my website is literally just my name.com. So www.sharicebizram.com. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. They are all at Sharice underscore Bizram. And um, yeah, if you would love to join the program, I'd love to have you for people that are ready to do the work. Um, and you can find out all the details about that on my website and on my Instagram. Again, it's called Provision to Shine. And you can just drop me a DM or you can click the link that's in my bios. Um, and yeah, and just, just to round off really, um, I think what I want to leave with everyone is just to know that, like, like I said, you are the only you there is, and that is your superpower. Like you have this beautiful light inside of you. And if you allow yourself and give yourself the permission to shine, you'll shine so bright and you won't realize how many people are impacted by your light. So yeah. That is absolutely beautiful. So again, it's Sharice Bizram, uh, com or on social media sharice underscore bizram but the links for everything will be below and the permission to shine course is available online and that will start at the end of february the end of this month so be sure to go check out sharice and her work today thank you so much again for being here my love and hopefully we'll see you again soon thank you okay beautiful alchemist that was a gorgeous conversation right i am very excited just to let you know there are a lot of upcoming interviews and conversations that are a little different than what we have typically heard on Reiki Radio. And it's really because I want us all to open up and recognize how this ability to heal and the ways that we work through these processes are so broad and varied. And so you will hear from a lot of people coming up, their stories and how whatever it is that they are drawn to has supported their path of self-realization. And I'm very thankful for Sharice, Sharice Bizram. Again, if you want to learn more about Sharice and her work, please go to her website, sharicebizram.com, or you can find her on social media at Sharice underscore Bizram. And uh, she has that upcoming class, Permission to Shine. I begin, I believe it begins next week. So if you are interested in that, be sure to go to her site or go to her Instagram and DM her right away about that. Um, this was a lot of fun. Don't forget to also download the Energetic Alchemist app. I will see you in our live roundtable discussions. Um, I look forward to you just being able to access more around energetic alchemy and the tools that I will share to support you on your path. Like I said, when the podcast first started, I shared a lot more of my own personal journey, what worked for me, what was supporting me. And now it has transitioned more into interview style. But if you go to the app, you will get more of the content that I share with you about my practice, what it is that I can lend to support you in your practice 
All of that is there conveniently. You can have it right on your phone. So download the app, just sign up for it. You can access free content or you can sign up for membership for more content. It's up to you, but I'm so thankful that you are here. I want to thank Sharice again. And for all of you beautiful alchemists, I will see you next week. Remember to always journey in love.